back in the old days, uh, you know, when we used to create current state maps, and we don't do it this way anymore, um, one of the things we had to do is after you create your current state map and you have your future state map, you know, uh, the practitioner would ask you to take that current state map and rip it up. Uh, that would be very, very difficult for me to do. <laughs> Hey man, how's it going? John, how you doing, man? How you been? Doing good, brother, doing good. Another awesome week in the books. Yeah. So I'm super pumped. And uh, hello everybody, how you doing? Um, good to see y'all again. Welcome back to a brand new episode of As Is To Be. I am your co-host, Sean Achimpong, Digital Transformation Specialist. And likewise, I'm your co-host, Carl Reed. I go by Creed, also Digital Transformation Specialist. Right on. And today I'm super excited. We have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce you to Desi, a real business transformation guru. Thank you for joining us, Desi. Hey, fantastic to be here, guys. Awesome. But uh, before we jump right in, I uh, wanted to take a minute and tell you all about Desi. Uh, Desi is an inventor of a unique framework of business transformation that accelerates the flow of organizational breakthroughs. Using this methodology and grounded in early training in Lean, Desi founded Business Perspective in 2006, a company based in consulting with a portfolio of over 100 clients that are committed to creating organizational excellence through practice in these same Lean methods. Super powerful. In addition to being an active Lean practitioner himself, Desi is a serial entrepreneur. He finds and grows early stage companies through a disciplined process of commercialization. I'm super excited to learn more about that. Um, and final thing I'll mention is that his passion for his work is matched by a deep empathy for the human condition. Uh, Desi spends his time, his spare time as a mentor and a life coach for young professionals, business owners like Carl and myself, executives and parents. So again, thank you so much. We're super excited, Desi. Hey guys, my pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're glad you're able to uh, come on the show, Desi. Uh, full disclosure and truth be told, Desi and I go way back. He's one of my first uh, mentors. I had one uh, prior to to Desi, but this was my first mentor from a consulting perspective. He wasn't the first consultant I worked with but one of the most natural consultant. He did not come across, if I can get my point across, he did not come across as, you know, I'm a consultant, you down there, listen to my direction. No, he was very, very approachable, very energetic, and he taught me a lot. And I'm so glad you're able to come on this show, Desi. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, now. I know a bit about you, uh, but I'm hoping you can share some more about yourself with our audience. And actually, to be frankly, uh, give me some information I don't know about you. So maybe you talk about your journey, how you got started yep. in your perspective, and just share some more information about yourself. Well, it's, it's a good question. So building perspective actually started quite by accident. Uh, back in uh, 2005, um, I had a long tracker, track record of applying Lean Six Sigma outside of the company that I was working. So after I did my, uh, you know, nine to five hours kind of thing, I would be contacting my friends and doing gamble walks and looking for process improvement opportunities. At that time, I was also dating a fantastically beautiful woman who 
you know, turns out to be my wife at this point. Well said. <laughs> and she kind of told me I was, <laughs> I was spending the weekend at her place and she told me, listen, you know, this is all you do, you know, at work and after work. Uh, why don't you do this for a living? And you now being the argumentative young man that I was, I told her, yeah, well, no one's going to pay me for this. Uh, so I, I went and found a guy and I did a workshop and I made up a pretend company called Building Perspective, sent him a pretend contract. And I got a real check in the mail after I did it. So uh, I was like, oh, so maybe this thing does work. <laughs> so that's actually what happened. And then I, I said, listen, you know, I'm young. I'm only 34 years old. Let me try this for a couple of years. And most likely it's not going to work. Um, so I booked, uh, I booked a couple of appointments with some international consultants uh, that I know. And I said, listen, and I, and I, you know, they took me out to lunch and I, I wanted to explain to them why I'm going to fail. So I have an excuse not to do this thing, go back to my real life. Uh, and they told me, uh, listen, if anybody can do this, you can do it. So, you know, I tried it out for a couple of years and well, it's been more than 15 now. So <laughs> that's what happened. Wow. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. As a follow up yeah. to that. And, you know, frankly, there's definitely a lot of knowledge at the table um for small business owners like ourselves like carl and myself um what recommendations would you suggest for to commercialize knowledge from the individual to a team level and even to a, like an enterprise caliber level service yeah no, that's a great question and uh, the key word you mentioned there's the word commercial so the minute you say commercial we have uh, we have dollar signs attached to it. So um, spoken in a lean kind of language, we, we want to develop a product that a customer wants to pay for. Um, I know there's a lot of wonderful things that I do that no customer would ever want to pay for. Uh, so the act of commercialization is taking something that you're passionate about and transforming it into something that the customer uh, really wants to buy. And that's the key thing. Um, and the customers only buy things that they recognize. So very few customers, if they don't know about the word Lean Six Sigma, they're not going to buy Lean Six Sigma because it might not be a word that they recognize. So you have to take what you know and package it. Um, and when I say package it, I mean, you know, uh, the way it sounds, the way it looks, the way it feels, everything about it into something that's familiar to the customer. So if you sell uh, whatever you sell, make it look like an apple, a pear, a couch, make it look like something that the customer can recognize and purchase easily. Right. That's really what you want to do. And that's I'm simplifying the process of commercialization. Um, it does take some thinking. And what I like to do is um, I found out over time that when I use whatever in my head, whatever is in my head, I end up getting recycled ideas. So when I go through the process of commercialization, I bring in other people to the table. I bring in artists. I bring in old people, young people, programmers, bricklayers, whatever it is, because they actually give me a perspective. Uh, of how to convert knowledge into a product. They have a way of looking at things um, that's not entrenched in my own body of knowledge and therefore quite valuable. Fantastic. As a follow-up to that, um, like regarding products and this and shaping the methodology into something consumable, one of the one the, the yeah. products that you've created that I really admire is called the Four Pillars. Um, can you elaborate? and share what motivated you to create this concept and a little bit about it, how it works. Yeah, so the motivation is a bit of a sad story. Uh, way back in my youth, I, you know, like a lot of human beings on this earth, you know, there's a point in time where you get, you're impacted by a lot of suffering and it's quite transformative. So um, at that time I was fresh out of a divorce. 
My father had passed away, my dog died, and two of my friends have died from critical illnesses. Uh, and so I was at a point where uh, um, it's not that I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't want to do anything. And interestingly, in the middle of that, I was signed up for a concert tour back in India. I took a plane there, I found, my, I found myself in Germany waiting in the boardroom. I was like, I'm not in my home, I'm not in India, I'm in the middle of nowhere, it's two in the morning. And at that point, uh, for somehow uh, my mind just freed up and I recognized that um, the thing that I practice with this, which is process improvement, which is business process, process improvement, is only one fourth of what we need to live a happy and sustainable life. And that was a very humbling experience for me because, you know, when you're a process improvement guy, all you want to do is improve processes. You know, if you're a bricklayer, all you want to do is brick is build brick walls. If you're a programmer, you want to code everything. And I saw that um, uh, I, I saw that in myself too. I saw that I saw that hankering in myself, and that's where the the four pillars were born. I, I realized kind of at a, at a global level that everything gets created, everything gets sustained, everything gets improved, and everything actually gets destroyed. And that improvement piece is only one fourth of it. Um, in fact, if you if you humble yourself a little bit. There's no real necessity to improve anything. You can accept the world the way it is. You can accept the people, the relationships, and be happy with that because happiness is, a, is an independent variable. And us process improvement people, we're inclined to improve, we're inclined to improve everything, right? But we have to take a step back and say, um, is that the contribution I need to make right now, right? Um, and so that kind of wisdom set upon me at that time. And that's kind of where the beginnings of the four pillars was born. Um, but like we talked about earlier, it took me years and years and years to commercialize that. I started to build the body of knowledge before for it to become the four pillars. I had to live life. I had to have enough arguments with my wife. I had to do all the things that all of us people have to do to learn and, you know, to develop a body of knowledge. But that's where it was born. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to know more, Desi, because um, what the audience may not know, but uh, there's a story where um, we shared some tactics on our podcast and I sent uh, Desi a copy to listen. He said, oh, that was very informative. You talked about 5S and some of the tools and methodology you use. But tell me something, you know, why don't you apply that to real life? Why don't you 5S your wife's closet? And it took yep. me back because um, it was such a response, which is, it's so true. I mean, in theory, we apply these concepts at work, but to bring it around full circle in your daily lives, how do you go about doing that? So I imagine this four pillars breaks that down for us. So uh, if you want to go through it, you, maybe you don't want to give everything right away, but let's just start with sure. number one, where it says the perfect storm. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, so the perfect storm is what happens is we, as we uh, become sort of mature individuals in life, we work in communities or families or, or, or companies and whatnot, we're actually in the middle of a storm. And that storm prevents us from seeing a lot of the things that we need to see, right? Um, so what we try to do, especially as process improvement people, is we try to calm that storm. We try to wrestle with the clouds and try to wrestle with Thor, the, th the god of thunder and lightning. And you try to get out of that storm um, and what I realized, uh, you know, when I was young, I was, I had enough fight in me, but as I got older, um, it's hard to fight that storm. It's difficult to fight the government. It's difficult to fight, uh, macroeconomics. It's difficult to fight COVID. It's difficult to fight all these different things, but there's an interesting thing that's, uh, that's, uh, particular to the, to human existence. 
in the middle of that storm, if you quiet yourself, you know, almost like a pure lean Gemba practitioner, if you quiet yourself and you quiet your mind, you know, drop all the judgments, surrender all your opinions. If you get rid of all that, you start to see the eye of the storm. And then when you see the eye of the storm, you see a blue sky. And then when you see that blue sky, you start to get insight that you, you wouldn't have had. You don't realize is that when you're in the middle of a storm, uh, the storm is impacting your thinking and there's no way to get out of it. But you have to find a way to become still in that storm. Storm, And that's, that's, a, that's sort of a skill that I've uh, uh, developed over time. So I guess when I started Lean Six Sigma as a practitioner, I was a warrior of Lean Six Sigma. Mm. And then I was a prophet of it. But now, you know what? I like the word practitioner. I'm a practitioner of Lean Six Sigma. It doesn't imply that I'm an expert or a novice. It doesn't imply that I'm hacking down processes and changing organizations and people's livelihood. It just tells me that this is an art form that I practice for my own self-fulfillment. Um, and so I've internalized it in that way. Um, and that, uh, that allows me to see what the storm looks like. Um, and that's what the four pillars is, is all about. It's, um, it gives you uh, your own personal ability um, to deal with that storm in a non-combative way. That's really what it does makes a lot of sense yeah i almost see a sense of <clears throat> almost maintaining uh optimism um and long-term perspective even in the most difficult of times absolutely <laughs> um one of the things you mentioned earlier about um sustain and destroy they're quite intriguing to me i'm, I'm wondering if there's a correlation because i totally understand like i feel like i understand sustaining over the long term whatever you build you yeah. want it to grow and and self-exist in some capacity. Um, how yeah. does that correlate with um, the destroy um, stage of things? It's a good question. So <clears throat> the thing is, some things that we do are quite visible. So when we create anything in life, it's visible. Uh, when we create a process and sustain a process, it's quite it's quite visible. There's a lot of destruction that goes on that when I say it's invisible, we don't notice it. And I'll give you an example. If you have a canvas, uh, a painting canvas, and you're going to paint on that, in your mind, you're creating a picture. From a different perspective, the whiteness or the blankness of the canvas is being destroyed. So you don't see that. What you see is the picture, but you don't see the canvas disappearing. So really the way things uh, operate uh, in life is uh, destruction is, um, is a prerequisite for creation. And you can see that in a simple methodology like 5S. What are you trying to do in the very beginning of 5S? The first, the first S is to get rid of things that you don't need. That's an act of destruction, but we don't recognize it that way. So when you start to get awareness about uh, uh, the positive impacts of destruction, you can actually use it intentionally. And then you start to remember that destruction is a necessary prerequisite to anything that you create. In fact, if, if you don't, if you don't empty the cup, if you don't get rid of stuff first, it's really difficult to fill things in. Um, and some of that thinking is always intuitively built into Lean Six Sigma. So, for example, back in the old days, uh, you know, when we used to create current state maps, and we don't do it this way anymore, um, one of the things we had to do is after you create your current state map and you have your future state map, you know, uh, the practitioner would ask you to take that current state map and rip it up. Uh, that would be very, very difficult for me to do. Um, <laughs> That's before my time, man. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> that was the old days, right? <laughs> so, uh, and the reason they want you to do that is they want you to understand the current state, but they want you to destroy it in order to create a breakthrough future state. 
That's what they really want you to do. Uh, so these are some of the older practices. Back in the day, for example, gamba walks were always done backwards. You never started from the beginning to the end. You always started from the from the end to the beginning. These kinds of habits do require a bit more uh, sophistication and leadership to do. Um, but to get back to your question, uh, uh, destroying things is a very important part to creating things. Otherwise, you just keep putting too many things in your corporate uh, in your corporate uh, vault. There's too many things there that you don't need. I, I love this concept of the practitioner uh, very similarly, Desi, and, and thanks you for your patience because I know at the beginning when you first and I engaged, I was at the very beginning where it was hardcore six simulene and here are the 25 tools I need to use and you're like, maybe, or, or these are five, these are possibly five you want to use in this scenario and it showed over time how we transitioned into that into that thinking as a practitioner. Can you keep yeah. walking me through some more of the, the four pillars? What would be number two and what's a brief description of that? Yeah, so number two is uh, all of us need that. You see, we're also committed to uh, efficiency and effectiveness, but really human beings are naturally uh, innately committed to happiness. Um, even when you want, even when you're you know, angry and upset, um, those are the things that those are the emotions you want to go through in order to become happiness. So in order to become happy. So the first thing is to figure out what is it that makes you happy? What's the kind of life, the kind of lifestyle that makes you happy? And if you know what makes you happy, that's your true north. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't actually get to choose your happiness as much as you think. Uh, your happiness, your true north is actually innate to who you are. It's just like a flower. You can't have a flower grow, a tulip is growing and say, no, no, I want to be a tree. No, a flower's best way to be happy, a tulip's best way to be happy is to be a tulip. So you gotta, rec rather than say, uh, design your true north or your uh, for happiness, you gotta discover or be aware of it. Now, once you know what that is, then you can tweak the effectiveness and efficiency of the different processes in your life uh, to optimize happiness. And that's the best way to live. Sometimes if we forget about happiness, we think we think other things are more important. Uh, it, it could be money, it could be assets, it could be our, uh, you know, looking good, like our egos and all that kind of stuff. But if you keep happiness to be your number one, uh, you know, uh, true north, you know, the thing you're, you're committed to, you could tweak everything else. In fact, Lean Six Sigma is actually fundamentally um, a very refined and system systematic way of creating happiness in people and organizations and communities, and, and that's uh, that's my uh, that's my opinion of what Lean Six Sigma is meant for. It's not fundamentally meant to create efficiency and effectiveness. It's all about efficient and effective ways to create happiness. That's that's really what I truly believe. Wow, I'm and not even sure I answered your question, but that was good. You did, no, you, you did, yeah, and you would call that design your ship. Right. I, again, I like these right. cars because they're they're intrigued. As soon as I hear the perfect storm and design your ship, yeah, I want to hear more. And yes. I want to go a little bit off the cuff, Sean and, and Des, if you don't mind. Uh, normally, yeah. we would go to the stage and we say, okay, well, how can we follow you more? How can we learn more about you? But um, for the audience, we just got our LinkedIn Live. Let's just do a clap for that. We got our LinkedIn Live access. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> right. And yeah, absolutely. And so. I wonder, Desi, if we can, you know, and asking that question, how can we follow you? Could we do this again, but really break down these four pillars in a live format? What do you, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, yeah that would be, be fantastic. fantastic. Um, 
bring people to the table and have a live format, we can we can get down into the specifics of the four. Yeah, yeah. And so what's your thoughts? Should we name the other, you know, one, two, three, four, name three, four, or leave that as a surprise for the live? Like what format do you think? Sean, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, I think this is a perfect segue. Yeah, because as um, we're talking with you, Desi, I'm just, you know, just taking it all in like, oh my gosh, I have everything you're saying. It just expands to more and more questions and more thoughts. And um, even I'm reflecting in myself. Yeah, my ability to take away the old so that I can make room for the new, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I would love, love an opportunity to do a, a live a live session with you. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I think a good way to do it is just to, for me to talk about really quickly, almost like a recipe, what are the four pillars? This is how you do it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, some things can be communicated in five, 10, 15 minutes. You don't need two hours to communicate it. And then we can dive straight into, okay, well, I got this situation. How would I do this? And then I can show you how the four, how the different pillars work to make that happen. So. Oh, that that's good. Because I, I can get some free therapy too. I mean, I'm yeah. hearing what you're saying, and now I'm gonna come up with some questions the next time we meet. <laughs> I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm gonna get some free consultancy services from Desi right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm eating it all up, brother. I'm eating it all up. This is super cool. Yeah, I'm totally down. Let's do this. Okay, all right. So let's and break can, from I, script. Go, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Desi. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that, you know, it's more than just philosophical and academic. I've actually bought companies um, outside of Lean Six Sigma. I've, brought, I've bought uh, product companies and brought people together, investors, engineers, um, you know, operations folks, and they all went through the four pillars and those those companies grew and I sold them. And um, uh, and so I've applied it to, to, to the corporate setting. I've also applied it to distressed families, families that have had tragedies in their lives, uh, not able to pay their bills. They created a future state and they went through the four pillars and they're living happy, healthy lives now. So uh, it's a practice that I've refined by actually, you know, working on it and spending time to, you know, in the, spending time developing the mechanism with real people. So. Wow. Excellent. Wow. And then that's the real people that we need to include in our LinkedIn live. Um, so we got to figure out, um, I, I think we have a placeholder date. Uh, and I'm just speaking off the cuff audience. Uh, we, we, as, as is to be, hasn't done a LinkedIn live pod, podcast yet, but we're very eager to right. do so. And I think this would be a good opportunity. Uh, Sean, do you want to maybe close this off and then maybe, uh, we will, you know, share when we are planning to do the next, uh, a part two of this perhaps? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, overall, I feel like the um, we might be in the end of this one session, but this is just the beginning of <laughs> so much more. So yeah. absolutely. Um, so there you have it, folks. Um, we're just the beginning of a super amazing topic. Um, four pillars breakdown. We're bringing it to you live. Thank you again, Desi, for joining us. And I'm looking forward to the live session. Um, thank you, Carl. And, you know, as always, it's, a, it's been a preach, brother. Uh, likewise, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, yeah. Desi for joining. Yeah, and you know, hey, my the, pleasure and uh, my gratitude to you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, to everybody, just as always, I want everyone to stay cool. You know, and remember, you can live your life as is, or you can chase a dream of where you want to be, where you want your future to be. Peace. Peace. Peace.